The Mighty Whites podcast is recorded at the Medicine Room Studios. For more information, visit medicineroomstudios.com. One day I'll remember to look up what episode it is. Welcome to episode 18 of the Mighty Whites podcast. Uh, we had to miss one last week. It was my fault. Loads of stuff. Just real world stuff getting in the way. Nothing bad, just really busy. Uh, I'm Jack, as always, joined by Casey. Oh. Uh, and, well, we've had a hell of a start. We are Keegan's entertainers. <clears throat> better because we've got Bielsa not Keegan there will be some sort of structured defence yeah not uh, just Philippe out there wandering forward whenever it feels like it yeah here we have showing the difference between structure and successful defence <laughs> but uh, we'll briefly touch on the two games we missed but you know everyone's no, everyone knows so there's no point going into them and everyone's talked about them but 4-3 defeat away at Liverpool Going into the game, obviously you'd never say I'll take a defeat, but you're expecting one, and that performance gave you a lot to be proud of. Yeah, I think just looking at them as an attacking unit, you feared, especially when it came out that Cooper was injured as well and, and Stryker was coming in. I think we all kind of feared that we might get torn a new one and... and and in a sense, we did, because we conceded four. And could have conceded seven. Yeah, I mean, Pascal Stroik tried to score one as well, and it was a whole thing. Um, but yeah, on the, on the whole, you know, it was, very, it was really nice to see us actually be able to play our game as well. You know, we were given the room to, to play, especially in wide areas that Harrison and Costa did really well. Um, I think Harrison's goal is absolutely fantastic. Harrison's goal could end up... I'd be surprised if that doesn't end up getting nominated for goal at season for Leeds. Because mm. those you... two touches, the first touch and then the one to come inside, were absolutely brilliant. Uh, yeah, I fear now that Harrison's first touch might no, may no longer be a secret. Yeah. Um, but I don't know if you saw it, actually. There was someone ran side-by-side -side comparison to Hasselbank scoring there, uh, scoring there in 98 as well. And, and it was him coming off the, off the left wing, cutting to the edge of the penalty area and, and hitting it into the bottom corner. And the two, uh, outside of the first touch, they're two very similar goals. Yeah. Um, no, I, I did see that video, actually. Uh, so obviously, there was that. There was the early penalty. It wasn't handball. Move on. Uh, Second one, Van Dyke completely unmarked from a corner. Uh, Cock oh. got blocked off, didn't he? Cock <laughs> blocked. Ha 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 ha. Um, <laughs> but uh, Leeds got back level. Bamford making most of Van Dyke mistake. He only got two real chances in the game, and he took one of them. You'll take that from your striker every time. Yeah, because he obviously had the first one where, for whatever reason, he decided to try and take it on his right foot, didn't he? And Tried to go around keeper and just yeah. Oh, XG, XG of zero because he never got the shot away. <laughs> um, uh, three two down. That was the Salah screamer. Yeah, I thought it was. I, I, I don't know really what else you can do if you strike with that ball going in 
because I think if you if you head it back where it came from, it's just coming back in again. Yeah, there's an argument that because he's towards the far post, it should maybe go out for a corner instead of blindly back into the box. Mm. But that is being hypercritical. Like I I didn't even it didn't even occur to me that he maybe shouldn't have done that until like the second replay. Yeah, it's it's not as if he's kind of nodded it down to the centre of the penalty area. He's, he's he's headed it sort of out towards the corner, and unfortunately, it's where Mo Salah was. Yeah. See, when I was a kid, I used to stand on the edge of box for corners and free kicks all the time because I was shite in the air, and I'd be left unmarked all the time, and it never fell for me like that. <laughs> it's because none of us ever won headers. Yeah, yeah, but it was headed well clear. <laughs> Um, but the third goal, which was also really good, great football from middle out to Costa, great ball from Costa in the clip, good finish. Uh, it's such a lovely touch, just that touch to knock it up for himself and then and then smash it in. Yeah, it's then, so nice that that's coming. That's, that all stems from a Liverpool throwing, given that they have their own throwing coach and everything. Yeah, although I have seen some of our throwings and thought we should really get a throwing coach. <laughs> Ah, no, we just run in circles until someone gets free. Yeah. Um, but unfortunately, another penalty. Unlike the first one, this one really was. Oh, uh, you saw you saw it seconds before it even made the tackle, didn't you? Yeah. It was just something about the way his body moved, just when he's going to foul him here. I think before Fabinho even got the ball, you could see what Rodrigo was going to do. Uh, just dangled the leg out lazily and just took him down. Um, it was an inauspicious debut, but... It happens, and if you're going to do it away, it's better doing it there than, you know, two one up against. You know, say we two one up against Palace in April. I don't know what the fixtures are. We probably don't. In fact, I think April's the month where we're playing like Liverpool, Man City. <laughs> there is a month where it's really hard, and I think it is April. But as 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 debuts go, it's not ideal when you're when you're really only two signings. Both concede penalties. Yeah. yeah, but you think that's conceding a penalty. Robin Cock will show you conceding <laughs> a penalty. Uh, mid- midweek, we're, we lost to Hull on penalties. Uh, then we played Fulham. <laughs> yeah, good. I'm glad I'm glad we gave that the attention it deserved. Yeah, it was horrendous. Hull should have won that game to a 3-0 minimum. Um, but yeah, the, the Fulham game, uh, I thought overall we were pretty good. I think, yeah, I think for the most part, I think we all got really sucked into that 10-minute period when Fulham got the two goals and, and, and tried to pull it back. Yeah, it did but seem that, to me like once we went 4-1 up, I think they did just switch off. Yeah, fortunately, unlike Cardiff last year, we managed to switch back on again. Yeah. But, yeah, it was, for the most part, I thought, I thought we were in control of the game. I thought we played some nice football. I, I think the, I think our main issue was in areas. I think our passing was quite sloppy, especially kind of bringing out of of our defensive third. Uh, I thought especially Ailing was a bit sloppy with his passing. I thought D- Dallas was really sloppy with his. Yeah, and because we go through the fullbacks a decent amount, it was very noticeable. Yeah, it was. It's it's not what you've come to expect from them. But at the end of the day, we've come up with the result. And, and again, still, for the most part, I think we've controlled that game. 
Yeah, it's weird that I can actually remember the Liverpool game better than the Fulham game in a weird way. But the uh, the first goal, uh, I will I will definitely remember because I backed him first goal. Uh, corner swung in. It was I think it's actually Harrison Reed that gets the header, which is weird because I think it's Hector is gonna head it clear and Reed beats him to it <laughs> and heads and flicks it on. But it's a great finish from Helder Costa. Oh, lovely finish. That so, is exactly the sort of finish we've not seen from him yet. Yeah, that sort of angle, you do just have to hit it hard. Mm. And, you know, beat the keeper, really good goal. Then they get a penalty completely against the run of play where Robin Cox that decides he's going to slide in a good 25 yards away from the ball <laughs> is where he makes the decision. Sprints like across. It's like that Sol Campbell one, isn't it, when he just keeps sliding at Wembley. Yeah. Slides in so early that he's got time to realise he's messed up and try and pull his legs back. But it's too late. I think it was, in the end, it's a bit soft because he, Joe Bryan sort of hangs out his right leg because Cock actually manages to just about pull out because he's that late diving in. But well, it goes down, and it was definitely one of them where I couldn't complain too much. It was a really poor, poor piece of defending. I thought overall in the game he did quite well, but that was really poor. The one, the one good thing I think really came from this game was was seeing just what a, a moral, upstanding man Joe Bryan is, because he realised that shouldn't have been a penalty. So yeah. he thought, you know what? Hang on, I've got this, guys. Yeah, well, speak it. Yeah, speak. Mitrovic scores. Melier will be a bit disappointed because he dived over at ball. Mm. Um, but then down the other end, ball goes out to Harrison. Good cross, but Bamford is not getting to. And Joe Bryan just decides to push him. It's a weak push. There's no way it'd push him over, but he does right going down in that situation. And yeah, it's, he's, it's already, a, he's already in the air as well in these. Yeah. It's one of the, it is a penalty. It's just a really soft one. And if a Leeds player did it, you'd want to kill him. If yeah. a Leeds player had done what Joe Bryan did. <laughs> yeah. Um, click doing a click penalty. <laughs> yeah, to keep it goes the right way. It's a very easy save. Yeah. But the, that's the thing. The keeper doesn't go the right way. Yeah. Because he waits until they've moved. It's never gone wrong, that penalty. Apart from the one time it did. But the keeper still went the wrong way. <laughs> On the one he missed. Um, the third goal was a really nice goal. Uh, Speaking speak, speak of Pat Bamford's right foot. Yeah. like It's a really nice little through ball to him. But the cof- it's, everyone has said at this point, he's much better when he's coming onto the ball. Yeah. Rather than like pullbacks to pulls back to him, pullbacks is right. So rather than pullbacks to him and stuff like that, when the ball's out in front of him, he seems a lot more confident, and he showed it with that. It was a really nice finish, especially on his weak foot. Yeah, and the the thing it sort of reminded me of was if you ever remember the opening day game at St Mary's where Billy Painter went one on one. Oh, when he opened his body up, went look. This is what way I'm going. <laughs> this is what way I'm going. Yeah. <laughs> Um, but fortunately, Pat Bamford has the ability to show where it's going and put it in that place exactly without the keeper being able to get it. A nice, a nice curling finish into the bottom corner. You know, just just curls it round him, nice and simple. Yeah, um, the the fourth goal was a really nice goal because it was wrapping back because uh, that's the one Melier long pass 
which is judged really well, Harrison gets up and flicks it on. Uh, for some reason, as Harrison's flicking it on, Michael Hector has sprinted 30 yards out from centre-back to, the, to our left wing to completely miss a header. Uh, it was a really poor bit of defending, but that flick on puts uh, Bamford away. Bamford with a step over and turn of pace <laughs> that I didn't realise he had. This, this is Premier League, Pat. Yeah. It's, diff- it's a different beast. But he does really well. It's a really good pullback. Takes like four full and players out and held Acosta running onto it. Edge box. Really good finish. Um, and that was get ga- That's game over. Like <laughs> done. Yeah. Feet no, up. The first fifteen. What will it have been? Will it have been the first 10, 15 minutes? Basically, up until Fulham got up until Bobby Reid's goal. Yeah. Or as Bobby Savage would say, Bobby D. Cordova Reid. I think they're, they're on about. I think they're on about that on the square ball as well. That it did take forever to say it. I'm so happy I listened to. It's the first time I've actually listened to radio commentary for for a Leeds game in a while. So I don't have BT. Uh, so initially, the stream I got had uh, was the BT stream, but it, it was running slow. So I ended up getting a, a Dutch stream that was that was about 90 seconds behind, and and then listening to the game, which is a really odd experience listening to commentary that is ahead of what, what you're seeing by well, that. Really, if you listen to proper radio commentary, it's always about seven to nine seconds ahead. Yeah. It's but that, compared to an internet stream, it's probably a minute and a half. Yeah, I was going to say, radio commentary is is, is fully live, isn't it, essentially? As close uh, as you can get. Whereas TV is always a few seconds back. But um, it was it's weird because, obviously, this, this is the first time as well I've probably watched... I listen to a game, and there's no crowd reaction there, and because of that, you don't get the the, the commentary does. And you know, granted, it's Adam Pope and Noel Whelan, as also Noel Whelan's fairly excited at the best of times. But you don't get that kind of gradual change in in their tone as the ball moves upfield, and you don't get the crowd noises that, that indicate the ball's moved upfield. So there's so when you're listening to this stuff, and unless they tell you it's on the edge of the penalty area, or, you know, on the halfway line, it feels like it could be within about a thirty yard radius yeah. of of where it actually is. Yeah, and it, like that. Oh, it's played. It's played through. Here's Bam. It's played through to Bamford, and you think he's thirty five yards out, and yeah. he scored from twelve uh, yards. Yeah, he's killed it. In. <laughs> <laughs> And, and again, because you're not having to, to get above the crowd noise when there's a goal, it's and it is just that it's and Bamford curls it in. It's just you know, it's not it's not screaming. Even not even Noel Whelan was a was a bit subdued in his goal celebrations. Ah, uh, give it time. <laughs> they need to uh they need to get some lessons off Bryn Law in that case. He's very good at going <laughs> mental in an empty stadium. <laughs> What's, what's quite good about some of those, I think, when you, whenever you listen to the commentary that was taken from BBC Radio Leeds and you could hear Bryn Law in the background. Yeah. <laughs> well, that's why it was, wasn't it, the uh, uh, Blackburn commentators that were going and for some reason Churchill, the dog's behind us. Because <laughs> when Philip scored, he said, oh, oh yes. yes, about five times. <laughs> oh, yes. Back to the fun game. Obviously, we, at 4-1 up, We've had a really good 15 minutes at start of second half, won the game, and then we did just switch off. Um, decent finish from Deco Dover Reid for the 
their second and the third one was was that Melier's first mistake in a lead shirt really I can think of yeah because when that cross comes in he starts coming and then goes back and then he's in no position to even have a chance to save him the header yeah it's 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 a proper one or the other moment but to be fair they've they've ended the post straight after Fukubano but after that they didn't really have another big chance. Yeah, and I, I, I think, I think kind we of got grip of it again. And I think we did a good job of probably not really creating many more chances, but just just controlling the game and controlling the tempo, and just just subduing them really from because you know at that point, especially once you've got because they they scored their two goals within about what two and a half minutes of each other. It was really quick. You know, so at that point, you, you could be, and especially with our experience again at Cardiff last year, you could be forgiven for seeing heads go down and and then able to come back. But now we, we were just able to take take a bit of sting out of the game and, and, and get back in control. Yeah. Um, there has been a fair few bits of news since it was done. One of them, like we already knew about, uh, Crescencio Somerville from Feyenoord, I think we did talk about last time, didn't we? Yes. Because that was pretty much done. And I, know, that, I, know, I know nothing about him, but welcome. Yeah, apart from him and his brother beating that guy up. Yeah. Uh, we've been linked with every midfielder in Europe. Uh, most yeah, of yeah th- not, not really any British midfielders. No. Most of whom aren't worth really talking about. We've talked about DePaul before. I think si- since the last podcast is when he out and out said... Yes, I want to join on Twitter. Uh, but well, we've now had him in Leeds, haven't we? Well, I don't. I think well, that, oh, that there's a very blurry. There's a very blurry picture of Victor Otter in TGI's in Leeds. Yeah, I don't for one second. Well, especially seeing as he was definitely in Udinese that day. He was at training. Uh, I don't think it's likely, but like Jean Mario from Inter. Uh, Mikael Cuisance, is it, from Bayern? I know it's Cuisance, but like Bild have said, that's bollocks. Uh, Eric Pulgar from Fiorentina, all ones that I don't see happening. The ones that do seem to have some truth to them are, if if he becomes available, we're back in for Dan James. Yeah, interesting. Uh, I, I would be okay with that. I, I would be all right with that as well. It sounds like... Leeds would be interested whether it's a loan move or the permanent deal. I think if one happened, it would probably be a loan with an option. Yeah. Um, Which, of course, when it comes to Dan James, we know always works out perfectly. Face <laughs> sat in that East stand again. The man you were just like, nah, I've changed our minds. Yeah. Um, the there is. Have you seen anything about uh, this Sam Campbell from Motherwell? No, I haven't. Uh, he's a sixteen-year-old centre back. It sounds like there's been three bids accepted: us, Brighton, and Brighton, of course, need another centre back. Uh, yeah, us, Brighton, and Liverpool have all had bids accepted. But I, out of those teams, I honestly, when it comes to signing that sixteen-year-old from Scotland, especially from Motherwell. I feel like the fact that we've signed Stuart McKinstry might help this. Yeah, and I think it must be quite uh, buoying for someone to see 
a number of players looking to move to Leeds in in the way that we've been, you know, with Gellard and with with Drama and yeah. and he's just um, seen seventeen year old Charlie Cresswell play play centre back for the first team. I, I mean, I hope he had, I hope he didn't see that game. Yeah, <laughs> I, I hope he I hope he saw the team sheet and thought, oh, that's good. Yeah, it uh, was a uh, it came. Oh, from... oh, it could be him, you know, and one day Bielsa looks at him and thinks, holding midfielder. Yeah. Uh, he, he's basically he got into like Motherwell's under 18s when he was 14, and he's been, you know, they've offered him a full time deal and like their senior deal and everything, but they've said kind of like they did with McKinstry, if he wants to move, we're not going to try and we're not going to be annoyed. It happens. Mm. Um, it what the good thing was it just journalism names that I'd forgotten of it years. It came from press association journalist who I had totally forgotten existed, Nick Mashita. I mean, I'm assuming it's Nick Mashita, which isn't much better. But <laughs> it is better than literally calling him Nick Mashita. <laughs> but yeah, uh, he's he Nick used to Machita. work. For, he used to work for BBC as well. I think he's he's quite well respected. Uh, so those are most of the links until today. I mean, we'll talk about um. Well, in fact, before the one that's broke today, uh, we've blown to Jordan Stevens to Swindon. Good. Need, he needs the game time. He needs game time. And Swindon under Wellens do play quite attacking football and stuff, so that should help. And Alfie McCalmont's gone to Oldham for the season. It has, As far as I'm aware, it hasn't been announced by anyone, but uh, Baron Cross put up a story, that, and it wasn't... Oh, is linked with it was it is done and he might play tomorrow. Oh, Leeds have now tweeted about it. It was just a bit late. Uh, yeah, I, Robbie got yeah Robbie Gotts is still here. I wonder if Baron Cross went before an embargo, but why they would bother embargoing that? I have no <laughs> idea. I don't, I must admit, I, tell people Alfie's left. It's you know I'm glad to see him get some football, some senior football. He does need it. I did think McCallumon would get a better, like higher up the pyramid than League Two Oldham. Yeah, I mean, League Two Oldham. Who didn't I predict Oldham to come like twenty third? It's it's a very it's an odd move for a young, small central midfielder. Yeah, mind you, it's a better loan move than the you know Spanish third tier ones and stuff he was being linked with a month ago. I like, well, I did predict that if he went to a B3, he, he would die. Yeah. Uh, and obviously, he he will be managed by an experienced Australian international. Yeah. Mm. Hopefully he doesn't learn... Well, hopefully he learns some footballing things from him and nothing else. I, uh, hope, he does, I hope he doesn't pick up a new agent in that time. Yeah, so there's... One who has signed and one who has been heavily linked today uh, out of nowhere. But I just, I can't see happening. But we'll talk about the player sign first. Uh, Diego Lorente from Real Sociedad. And did I just say Lorente? Because it's Llorente. Yes. But I keep finding myself doing that, even though I know it's Llorente. Um, yeah, it's, so it said about 18 million, but I don't think all of I think some of that includes bonuses. Yeah. So it's, it's good, 15. That's good money to drop on a backup centre back. Yeah, um 
Obviously, Spain international made his debut in 2016, and he's been in squad the last few, so he's quite close already. Uh, apparently, Bielsa wanted him. One of the names on the Bielsa list that they didn't go for that made him quit after two days at Lazio was apparently Diego Juventus. <laughs> Uh, but you know that's when he was younger will have had more potential and hadn't had a broken leg uh, you're, really, this, you're really selling him to me here no in theory this, he is the sort of centre back that should suit Leeds because everyone who's watched him says that he's quite athletic he can play in midfield he's really good passer of the ball he can bring the ball out and beat a man you know he, he does seem to have all of the all of the sort of things that you would expect Bielsa to be looking for in a centre-back. But I just keep thinking, this is a, a lot of money for us to sign a 27-year-old who I'm not sure is going to play much. Because I, I don't... When, from what I've seen of them, I think Cock will win out of the two. And that... Llorente did play left-sided centre-back for Sofiedad, but he is a right-sided centre-back. Mm. Um, I, I will say that he, sh- he should be a good player. I'm just, I'm just not sure if this is the right player to sign. I just can't imagine. Like, I really can't imagine him dropping Cooper. Just, if nothing else. I don't think he's going to drop the one centre-back that knows the system. Yeah. Um, Cock was, you know, clearly a, a, an early target for us and, and has arrived. And Well, I mean, we were... Wasn't Robin Cock one of the ones that Victor Orta used as an example? You know, like when he was being interviewed, sort of October of the year we got promoted. Yeah. You know, he said, this is one of the players that was on his list for if we go up. Uh, yeah, it, it seems it's a. It's I don't I don't want to complain about us spending money. It's a lot of money for us to spend on someone who who may or may not play. Yeah, although you know, I they have earned my trust at this point, so I'm willing to go with it. I just I can't sit here and say, oh my god, I think he's best. Set. I also, um, as for I don't watch as much span. I don't watch that much Spanish football anymore. Yeah. I've also just realised I've done a typo in a story I wrote earlier for Throw It All Together. Ah, for fuck's sake. AZ Almgar. <laughs> <laughs> ah, they're now allowed on Pro Evolution Soccer, though. Yeah. <laughs> I will change that in a bit. Um, Let's take that, Orange72. At least I spelled it right in the headline, and the headline is all that fucking matters. <laughs> um, Don't tell them. Yeah, so in theory, a good signing. I reckon that he'll probably be on the bench on Sunday. But it, the weird one today is the big link that's come out of it. Uh, a player who you know I like, not just because he's good on FM, but because I've also looked into him since and he's looked good full stop. But mostly because he's good on FM. But mostly because he's good on Football Manager. Uh, Tayon Koopminers from AZ Alkmaar. It was like, a really, really good centre mid. He's like more of a holding player, but he had a really good season last year. Drew universal praise. Been linked with clubs all over Europe. He was very heavily linked to AC Milan. He was very heavily linked to Arsenal. Uh, and for t- Mike McGrath of the Telegraph, who has been 
who is one of the better ones for getting these sort of things right, has said that we're in for him quite heavily. And uh, there was also the... Uh, Victor Otter was in Manchester Airport this morning. And someone said that he told them that he was going to Amsterdam. Now, whether that's bollocks or not, I don't know. It's tacked there. It's fine. Yeah. But Netherlands Youth International Otway from under-17 to under-21, and he was in the senior squad for the last ones. He just didn't get on. But the thing I don't get about this is he's a really good player that I really want us to sign because he's a really good player. But he's a holding mid that also plays centre-back. Yeah, Bielsa's has really shown his type, isn't he? Yeah, like we've, we've, we've literally just signed a centre-back that can play a holding mid. And Cock, who is a centre-back who can play a holding mid. And we have a Calvin Phillips. And we've got Calvin Phillips. So I just... Like, what I would say is, in the Telegraph story, because luckily, it's behind a paywall, but it takes a few seconds for it to come up. So if you hit print screen before the paywall comes up, you can just read the article. (laughs) (laughs) Well, you've just ruined journalism, Jack. (laughs) No, I've ruined the Tory graph. It's fine. Ah, fine. Um... But it was saying that, oh, the fee will break the £10 million barrier. And I was expecting that to say close to, say, like, 1920. Yeah. So if this is 12, 13 million, even if it's not a player we need, I think it's not a bad idea. Whether he could, I mean, a lot of the AZ fans was on Twitter, because luckily, as with all Dutch football fans, they pretty much all speak English. They're all saying he's, he could play as the number eight. He could play as an out-and-out centre-mid, even though he hasn't done it much. He definitely can. Uh, and he was, like, the key player for AZ Altmar. And when their season got cancelled, they were only behind Ajax on, at top at league on goal difference. Uh, and he scored, like, his goal-scoring record in the league is, like, 90 games, 20 goals from holding mid and centre-back. Because he takes all the penalties and some of the free kicks. Mm. Um, but the thing I don't get with this is just the timing. Like, we've literally just signed one. And I can't say, I think, well, I don't think it's uh, Johnny Keeley, one of the writers for Foot Altogether, put a thing in our group chat. And he said, I, and he just said, I wonder if Leeds were linked with him before the San Durante and he's only just heard yeah if like he was also on the list and we ended up signing UNT instead but what I would say I'm I'm saying this early on if it turns out that we've signed 18 million Diego Lorente 27 with a few injuries and we for for 18 million quid and we could have signed Taeyong Coop minus 22 playing really well, can play better in midfield, but can also play as a left-sided centre-back, which I feel would have been more important, even though we've got Stryke and Cooper. And he, he was only going to be about 12 million. I think we'll have got the wrong one. Like, it's another one of them where there were so many fans of all these other clubs and all, the, all of the data guys and all of that were all saying, God, if this is true, that's a hell of a player to sign. You know, fans of Chelsea and Arsenal and everyone going, but I want us to get him. Why is he going to Leeds? Because everyone's coming to Leeds. Yeah. And we've got Bielsa. I was about to say, yeah, we're not entirely sure why, but I'm pretty sure it's Bielsa. 
Yeah, other when they asked him in the press conference. All these players keep saying they're signing because they want to work with you. And he's like, no, they don't. They want to play for Leeds. It's nothing to do with me. <laughs> oh, bless him. But uh, as I, I hope the could minus happens. He could but- paint a masterpiece. And someone appraised him for it. No, no. I, I was just, I was given the inspiration by, you know, look at that park view. How, how could I not draw this masterpiece? Like, <laughs> Yeah, it's God made this. I just happened to paint it. Yeah. But no, yeah, that's it. Coop Miners is a weird one because I really want him because I think he's a really good player. But I just do not see why we would sign someone who plays that position. Do you know, I mean, the only thing I can think is, because I know he's not going to start suddenly rotating players, is that he is has just become aware of our severe lack of depth at centre midfield. Yeah, like, well, he did say in the press conference that Forshaw's had a bit of a setback. I'd forgotten about Forshaw, to be honest. I, yeah. I'm sorry, sorry, Adam, but you, you're basically dead now. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, He's obviously... missing a leg. Jamie Shackleton's still 12. Yeah. I think his, his mate's just gone to Oldham. Robbie Gotts is sat in an M62 lay-by waiting to find out if he's actually going to Huddersfield or not. Yeah, that, that came up in the press conference as well. He basically said, Robbie Gotts, uh, we will look for a move, but if the move do- if doesn't happen, he'll be in the first-team squad. And he kept having to do his thing of, he is a first-team player, he's really good, I really rate him. I know I haven't played him. <laughs> <laughs> but I really do rate him, honest. That's why I'm holding him back. Yeah. Um, yeah, that's I, that's the only thing I can really think that we, we just lack what he would perceive to be quality depth, maybe in, in central midfield, and and whether Shackleton is is really who he wants as is is as the next midfielder in line. Yeah. But um, he also said in his uh, press conference that they were asked him about signings and he said, I think there'll be... It basically sounded like there'll be two more, but if they don't happen, it's fine. Uh, so I would assume... Because what Leeds have been looking at is a sort of attacking central midfielder and a winger. Now, you would think they're still in that weird standoff over DePaul's fee. I, I now I'm thinking DePaul won't happen and it'll be a winger and but I'd much I'd love us to be able to get DePaul it's an intro on the way home from work today I did have the brief moment though with the with the way he's been playing with people on Twitter and just thinking he's been a bit Luke Varney about this he's a bit too keen yeah he's a little <laughs> bit too keen for my liking <laughs> Yeah, I'd love to come and play for Leeds. Like, mm, that's not what I want to hear. Yeah. yeah. Just make play it cool. I'm way too good to play for Leeds, but Bielsa's there, so I'll go. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's then I fell in, in love with the place. It's a slap in the face, but I'm okay with it. Yeah. <laughs> well, um, that, I think, covers all the stuff that we need to cover, uh, other than, you know, Leeds is back in lockdown. Yay! So it's not going to be... We, we didn't think we were going to be back in the ground anytime soon, but whatever estimate you had, you should probably add a couple of months. 
Elite has fallen apart again. Yeah. By the way, I think that I think that you have now been here enough that you count as social bubble if you want to come round for the Sheffield night again. Yeah, when I was reading that, I did think I think now it's a support bubble, I believe. Yeah, because like you have been here a decent amount, so I think it'll be all right. Mate, I've licked something in every room of your house. I've pretty much lived there at this point. Yeah, and you know, Sarah has told you to stop doing that. Well, you know, I had to I had to mark my territory. What can I say? Yeah, but did it have to be a face? Listen, and I doing it once in each room of the house didn't. <laughs> what I quite liked about it though was the fact that uh, I snuck up behind and it was like uh, in Jackass when they shaved people's heads. It's like da 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 da, and then she'd turn around and be like, "Dude!" Except then she'd attack me. Um, but you know. Moving on from my love life. Yeah. Um, so I don't think we've got anything else to do other than Sunday, 12 o'clock. A proper Yorkshire derby in the Premier League for the first time in forever because Hull and Middlesbrough don't count. Yeah. Because they're not in Yorkshire, really. They're just sort of in Yorkshire. I'm trying to remember. How the last Yorkshire derby would have been in, in the Premier League would have been in 2000 against Wednesday. Was the would there have been one well, before? Didn't Bradford go down in 2000-2001? Did they go down the same years? No, you're right. It would be Bradford. I was thinking. I was thinking the three the three nil win against uh, Chef Wednesday, but no, they were there the season we were in the Champions League, weren't yeah, they? Yeah, because so. Weatherall kept them up with the goal that put us in the Champions League. Oh yeah, so the last the last Yorkshire derby we had in the, in the Premier League was. Uh, it was a, a 6 0, 6 1 win, I believe. Yeah, something like that. Um, that nice. might have been the season before. We're, we're not Andrew, we're not Dalton. <laughs> he can do those things. Um, but this, this is a weird game because it's a tough game, but it is a winnable one. And I'm sort of, I don't know where to put my expectations for this. No, it's strange because. I think I think one of the things we'd spoke about previously when obviously we were last in the championship with Sheffield United was that they are very well drilled in the way they play. Um, and it, I think everyone's aware of it at this point, but it is, it's not always the easiest tactic to deal with. Um, the, the one thing I will say, I think since, since the restart, they've, they've, I mean, they lost the they lost the consistency that they had. Yeah, they definitely weren't as good post lockdown, and they've they've lost the first two, haven't they? Yeah, it's it's not been a great start for them. Cause, um, I mean, admittedly, oh, when they got beat by Villa overnight, they had a man sent off after like 14 12, minutes, 13 minutes. Yeah. So John Egan won't be playing on Sunday. No, they didn't. Uh, Bernie was on the bench for that one, wasn't it? They went with uh, Burke and McGoldrick up front, and then yeah, I think they'll be the back. red card. After the red card, they took McGoldrick off and and had Burke up front on his own. Yeah, I think that they'll be back to McBurney and McGoldrick for this one. But uh, like, it was quite interesting to see because Leeds, they not they if they do play two up front, and everyone expects they will, you would think Leeds will be three three one three. And I was trying to work out whether. 
because I thought Leeds would be Melian and goal. I thought Ailing would go right centre back, Cock Cooper, Dallas right wing back. No, uh, yeah, Dallas right wing back, probably Alioski left wing back because I can't see him playing Douglas. No. Phillips in middle, click, and then Harrison Costa Bamford. But apparently in his press conference, which I didn't see because I was working, but apparently Bielsa said, Hernandez is out for two weeks. Roberts or Rodrigo will play. And if Leeds are in 3-3-1-3, three, 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 he can't be going to drop Bamford. So I don't really see where they're going to play unless one of them plays wide and Harrison plays left wing back. Yes, it's a strange one. I mean, I've, I've always said... I, I'm never, I wonder I'm, if it's a poor translation and it will be involved. Mm. I'm just, I'm, you know, I'm just trying to think any other way you could, you could really do it, but um, that'd be, be straight because that front, the front three in that scenario, the, the, there is absolutely no reason to drop any of them. No. Um. Yeah, it'd be it'd be a strange one. This is when we find out Bamford's picked up a knock in training now. Yeah. This is how he tell us. Uh, tells us. Yeah. Um. It'll be an interesting one. Like uh, the uh, John McKenzie from All Stars Out where he did the did like a really good preview on Twitter, which I'd recommend you all read. But it was basically saying that because Leeds go man to man all over the pitch against a three five two, it's a bit awkward because they've got three centre-backs for Bamford to chase, so you ca- you can't do the normal, you know, one extra at the back, one fewer at the front. Yeah. So what he said will probably end up happening is that, like, Harrison, because their wide centre-backs push up so much, Harrison and Costa on the wings will basically man-mark their right and left centre-back, and Bamford will drop into the deep midfielder, which will be either Sander Berger or Ollie Norwood. Mm. Uh, and then the spare man will be their central centre-back, you know, and Bamford will pressure onto him and stuff. But it was it'll be a very different sort of a it'll be a different marking task and it'll be a lot of work for Harrison and Costa. But it yeah, does it's... mean because they push up the way they do from centre back, if Leeds can counter attack quickly, there should be loads of room down the channels. Yeah, I, I'm looking forward to this actually because obviously again the last the last time we were in the same division they, they were two very tight games. Well, the Sheffield United were the better side at Bramall Lane and we won one nil, and we were better side at Ellen Road and they won one nil. Yeah, and that's the game that uh, Pontus ended up in goal, wasn't it? Oh yeah, I forgot about that actually. Yeah, injured Pontus in goal because he could <laughs> barely move. Who then pushed us up at the end and went up for a corner? Yeah. Injured. Ah, <laughs> oh, Pontus. The, the thing that remains to be seen is whether Leeds will play that back three that I expect with Ailing dropping into centre-back or whether either Urente or Stroik will come in and, like, Dallas will play right wing-back and then, you know, and then instead of Dallas playing right wing-back, Ailing would play right wing-back and Dallas would play left wing-back. I can't see Yorente coming in just because, unlike Liverpool, there's not the need for it. Yeah, there is other options at this there, point. There is. There's actually, at this stage, such a number of combinations we could play for three at the back. 
if you take it out your ente, you you know you'd have Cock Cooper, you'd have Ailing could play there, Strike could come in, Phillips could end up dropping in again. Yeah. So you, you've kind of got a number of options there. So I've, I I think it'd be it'd be a strange one to see him come in. Yeah, as you, much as it could do it, the Phillips at centre back thing never gets mentioned anymore, does it? No, no. I, I think as as an experiment, it was fine. But and it did get I, us through that bit where we needed it, but yeah, the, the, we weren't playing great stuff at that point either. I think I think we really missed him. Yeah. And the. But it is a tough game. The reason why I find it hard when my expectations is because, like, Liverpool, I expect us to lose. Fulham, I expect us to win. This one is a bit of a, ah, well, if we play well, we can win this. But a draw is not a bad result. And that's... if they were playing anything like they were last season, I'd be saying, yeah, points are a great result. Yeah. They're just not, they don't look quite the same anymore. Mm. Do you... And I, without wanting to put any sort of jinx on this or anything, do you think it's maybe a case that this, that that team has kind of, I don't want to say found out because I, I, I think that's, that would be disrespectful to the way they play. But I, th- I think a number of teams have got to grips with it. I think it, it is quite unique in, in the way they play. But I think, a number of teams might have just got you, you know, studied it enough and, and got used to it now and been able to sort of nullify it. Yeah, you're, you're one cliche away from saying second season syndrome there. Uh, but yeah. I do know what you mean. I, I don't think they'll do as well this season, but I still think they'll stay up. Oh, yeah, there's much worse teams than them in the division. Yeah. Um, and when I was when I was thinking about the way this game's going to pan out, because it's going to be even harder for Leeds to man-mark all over the pitch, I think we might struggle with that. But I also think Leeds are going to have loads of room to counter into. So I think they'll struggle with that. And that makes me think, is it going to be 4-3? <laughs> <laughs> Leeds, uh, Leeds th- you know, three games into the season are in double figures for goals already. But um, in the end, I'm going to... In the end, once I've written the match preview and stuff on through it all, on through it all together, which is out to it on Twitter at thru it's all lufc. I can now log into it on more than just my phone because I finally <laughs> remembered what the password is. Uh, <laughs> I went. I ended up going for two two. Um, I don't, I don't think a draw is the worst worst guess to be honest. Um, I'm going to go one one. Well, that's rare for us to go for the same thing. And for me, that's quite a positive prediction. And for you, that's quite a negative one. I would have updated the scores, but I can't remember what we said against Fulham. And again, it's just been work and work and work. So I haven't been able to do anything. Um, But I think that this one's going to be quite a short one because I think that'll do us. Yeah. Because we will be able to come back before the Man City game because next week, even though I am working a lot, I'm working much better hours. No, good. And good. I don't think, and you're not working as ridiculous amounts, are you? Because you've worked like, what is it, 14 of the last 15 days or something at Daft. Ah, yeah, I'm all over the shop. Yeah. <laughs> nice, easy three days next week. Yeah. So, be a lot easier for us to get one done. So, that one will probably be a bit longer. Uh, so, both going for a draw. 
But yeah, that will do us for episode 80 for <laughs> 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 of the Mighty nice. Whites podcast. <laughs> yeah, of the Mighty Whites podcast. Uh, we're on Twitter at Mighty Whites Pod. Um, I believe that we are, we can probably, uh, I might change the official bio to something like 18th most popular Leeds United podcast in the world. Yeah, there's too many, isn't there? Yeah. That's that's what we have been told. <laughs> have you have you seen that no one's li- no one's listening to or has heard of? Have you seen the one that um Jermaine Bedford's doing? I I knew he was doing a podcast. Yeah, with Matthew Lewis. Do you know who Matthew Lewis is? No. You know Neville Longbottom off of the Harry Potter <laughs> films. <laughs> That's the dream team right there, isn't it? So it's really weird because we've got this podcast with about 130 followers on Twitter. And like Beckford has a decent number of followers. But like Matthew Lewis has about 1.4 million or something. Uh, it's, it's starred in one of the uh, most successful movie franchises ever. Yeah. And the man who who's scored a couple of the most important goals in Leeds' recent yeah. history. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, the podcast called Doing a Leeds... He's only got 235 followers on Twitter. And for this brief couple of weeks where we where more people know us than them, because that's not going to last, no. I'm telling you right now. So I'm going to now plug the hell out of them. So then we can pro- so then maybe we'll be able to get Beckford on the podcast later. Oh, it seems like a nice lad. Yeah, that's the way to do it. So, yeah, l- listen to the Doing Elites podcast. I think that you'll enjoy I've listened to one of them and it was really fun. Uh, and one of them is plenty because I think they've only done two or three. Uh, three. The third one came out today and I hadn't heard that one yet. But uh, yeah, so instead of plugging us, I've plugged them because I'm just such a nice guy. Fucking lefty, wanky socialist. Over there. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, uh, that will do us. I've been Jack. See you. I've been Casey. Have a good one. In a bit.